Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Hey, Driven Women, I have another amazing guest for you today. She is an empowerment specialist and life speaker and has spent over a decade giving her life to serving her country, Jamaica, in the area of youth development. She holds a postgraduate certificate from the Entrepreneurship Institute of India in Empowering Women in Entrepreneurship. She is a graduate of the University of the West Indies, Mona, where she completed her Bachelor of Science in Management Studies, specializing in marketing. She's a dedicated Christian, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, youth development practitioner who enjoys traveling, reading personal development books, listening to inspirational podcasts, hence <laughs> why she's a guest today, right? And just spending time with her friends and family. Her favorite Bible scripture is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Prepare your hearts and minds <laughs> for my guest, Miss Ruth Lawrence. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Sophie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. Thank you yeah, for having me. Yeah. I'm so happy that we've finally gotten an opportunity to speak and I'm so excited about your newest project, your book. And of course, we'll get into that a little later down in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I love to ask my guests to speak about their childhood and how it has influenced the person that they are today. Okay, well, for me, I, I actually grew up in Jonestown. Okay. Um, or Arnett Gardens in particular. So that's adjacent to Trenchstone, where Bob Marley, you know, the king of reggae, was born. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the early part of my life I actually spent in Jonestown. Um, a little later on, when I was about in, nine, in the ninth grade, I then moved out of the community to live somewhere else. But mm-hmm. the core of my childhood was actually spent in Arnett Gardens, surrounded by my aunts and my cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And while there too, I attended the Jonestown Primary. So I'm a proud, proud past student of the Jonestown Primary. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you send, send the, the episode to, to your alumni or your principal so that they can meet for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ruth. So tell, tell me uh, about your mission because we sort of alluded to that in your profile, but what's mm-hmm. your mission? Uh, what, what, what sparks you up in this world? All right. What excites me? What gets me going every day? I would say is the mission of empowering people. It's so mm. weird <laughs> that my title professionally is a youth empowerment officer. Mm-hmm, right. I think I think it's not by chance. I think it's it's rather a, part, a critical part of my destiny to really uh, ensure that persons are empowered in every way, uh, and whilst being empowered, that you're able to achieve your goals and your vision. Because I believe that if you if you're not privy 
to, you know, become, well, being empowered in general, you're not going to be able to really fulfill why you're here in the first place. Mm. And empowerment really speaks to two things. It's the knowledge of who you are or the knowledge of what is, but utilizing that knowledge to propel you into where you need to be. So that's why I love the word empowerment so much. Uh, So I believe that I'm here to really allow persons to move into their destiny, move into their purpose, you know, because I believe my my own uh, mantra is a failure is one who merely exists you know, rather than somebody who lives life on, on purpose, mm-hmm. you know? So I believe that a part of my mission is just to ensure that I'm here to help persons to maximize their potential so they can inspire others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Because when we die, I want to die empty as my yes. as I don't want to die with all the giftings and the talents and the purpose that God has placed in me. I don't want to go with all of that. I want to share it with people. I want for it to inspire and to propel people to, you know, to becoming the best versions of themselves. Well, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. What challenges did you face along your journey and how did you overcome them? Oh my God, Lord. Wow. So many. Um, But, but I'll pick up, I'll pick maybe two. Uh, as I said before, I would have, I, I grew up in the inner city community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for persons who would have a knowledge of that uh, community, it's usually plagued with violence. Um, okay. I mean, uh, gunshots every now and again. I mean, sometimes you will wake up and on, on route to school, you would probably be passing a dead body. Wow. Uh, you know, you know, there's, there's just a constant, um, occurrence of violence and I mean that affected me a whole lot Uh, but at the same time what I loved is that I was not whilst it is that I lived there I didn't become a product of what was around me Mm-hmm. And I think that was really uh, a part of the, the community that I had in that I was a part of a church community yes. that kind of helped to, you know, to, to, to empower me in such a way, whereas even though I would reside there, my, my mindset was always to become better than what I was surrounded by. Mm. So those were some of the struggles. I mean, having, I mean, being raised by a single mother was also a struggle. I mean, my father, I knew my father, but his support support in my life was very, very minimal. And I saw where the mother, you know, my mother Marcia would, would, would sew, you know, people's clothes would clean and do so many other odd jobs just to ensure that there was food on the table. So I didn't grow, grow really with a gold spoon with, in my mouth, really. Mm-hmm. But I saw a hardworking mother put, you know, measures in place to ensure that I was provided for. I mean, I didn't really realize that I was quote unquote poor until I mm-hmm. got to high school, wow. you know, because my primary school was really within my community. So you had like-minded persons and situations, you know? So it was really when I went to St. Hughes now that I realized that, wow, okay, there, there are people who are richer than me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I have a, I have a similar experience. Interestingly, yeah. I was having a conversation with a, the guest I interviewed earlier today and she said the exact same thing. Yeah. She said to me that she didn't realize that she was poor until she went to high mm-hmm. school. She went to mm-hmm. a quote unquote traditional high school as well. Yes. And I must mm-hmm. say I had a similar experience because yeah. I mean, I felt like I was okay. Yeah. When you go to a school where you're, you know, you're, 
your friends are telling you that mm. they have someone to clean their shoes, they have mm-hmm. someone to clean their room and iron yeah. their uniforms, yeah. and you know they have a driver to take them to school, mm-hmm. and it's 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 almost a shocking yeah. kind of experience yeah. <laughs> because you realize that you're living on mm-hmm. so little. And exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Because as I said before, for me, I, I didn't have my recollection. It was that, okay, yeah, no, I couldn't go to some sports day, but I didn't really think that, oh, you know, you're, you're poor. That's why that, that, mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. didn't happen. But really, when I got to St. Hughes, however, and I was exposed to some of the girls and some, I met some beautiful ladies there, um, some of which I'm still friends with today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, what I loved with the school is that it was a melting pot of cultures. Yes. It was a melting pot of social classes. But at the same time, you weren't frowned upon because, oh, right. you come from the ghetto or you come from wherever and we don't need to talk to you. It right. wasn't that at all. It was just a melting pot of people coming together. And one of the things that I know for myself is that I did not, I did not conform to the notion of being a follower. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe from I was young, this was probably instilled in me. I mm-hmm. was always I was always old for my age. I was young, <laughs> but I was very old mentally because I grew up with a lot of older women and men. So my, my, my thinking was just far beyond my years. And, you know, so I, I gained a lot of respect because of that. And mm-hmm. not only that, even from my peers as well at St. Hugh. So a lot of the things that I did as a young person, it was actually used and modeled by other ladies to right. say, oh, oh, you're so confident. Right. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I really know anybody. You know? <laughs> I just knew that there was that confidence. There, there was that fire in me. So that for me was one of the things that stood out as it relates to my, my high school experience. Mm-hmm. But even though I knew that there was a lack in my life, it never really stopped me. Because again, I had I was surrounded by people who believed in me, who 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 would always encourage me. Listen, boy, girl, you're so bright, girly, da da da. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mother. And when I looked at the hardship that my mother went through, I was like, God, this will not be my reality. Yes, not. You know, it will not be my children's reality. And I want my mother to have the best. So yes. that for me was a resolve I had. And I said, Listen, whatever I do, I must make this woman proud. Yes, and that for me is my driving force, even to this day, to make her proud. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Ruth. Yeah. I I want to add uh, to you know our discussion about high school. I personally mm-hmm. think that the fact that high school, getting into a high school, is on the basis of merit, yeah. rather than your ability to pay for it, which was the case for our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is one of the things or the few institutions in Jamaica that's allowed the blending or the merging of classes and and has allowed people to actually both aspire and achieve. So I'm I'm very grateful for that (laughs) because Mm -hmm. if it was on the basis of social class alone, many of us, we would have had, you know, so many more hurdles to face. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for that. So I definitely identify with your experience at St. Mm -hmm. Hughes High School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so Ruth, I want to get into your journey to becoming an author. Uh, I've been following your journey, of course. In, you know, we've known each other for quite some time, and I know that you're passionate about books. But what sparked your confidence to actually go ahead and write something of your own? 
But to be honest, Sophie, I never in a million years <laughs> would have ever thought that I would call myself an author. I even <laughs> really afford now to say that or mm-hmm. like, I am an author. Yes. Because never in a million years, I would think that I would be in this position. But I think where the inspiration came from was in 2016, I was listening mm-hmm. to a message by Sarah Jakes Roberts, and the, 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 the title of the message was Power Moons. Mm. Listen, girl, when I when I was listening to it and when the when the message ended, I was like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like I felt so inadequate. Like I thought I, I did it all. I thought mm-hmm. I was on my way, and I probably was. But at the same time, I was like, oh my God. There is way more work for me to do. Like the view I had, the vision I had for myself was like, in my view, very limited. I thought it was this big dream. But really when I looked through the lens of the message, I was like, oh my God, there is more work for me to do. There are Mm -hmm. people who are waiting on the other side for my testimony, for my, my story. And I was like, oh my God. And to be honest, Sophie, this prompted me registering my business in, uh, shortly after, mm. right? And this is an idea I've been toying with for the past maybe three years. I did that. Uh, this actually caused me you now to start looking within myself to start. And this is where the journey came, came into being in terms of me reading more. So I, I, I don't know, but I, I got this insatiable appetite for reading. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh my God, in order... In order to change my life, I have to develop an appetite for reading. And it was out of that that really birthed this whole notion of power moves. Because yes. I was like, we're not just here to exist. We are here to leave a legacy, a legacy that can inspire, you know, the next generations to come. I mm-hmm. mean, when we look at Martin Luther King, when we look at Marcus Garvey, when we look at those freedom fighters, when we look at the visionaries that exist today, it was the fact that they were obedient and they acted on that vision that is influencing the way how we do life today. Yes. You know, and I even spoke about at the book launch last night uh, that if we look at Mark Zuckerberg, I thank God for him that mm-hmm. he was obedient because yes. in this COVID crisis, we would not have Facebook. Exactly. You know, <laughs> we wouldn't exactly. have these platforms to utilize. So it poor moves is really just encouraging persons to say, listen, there is a vision for your life. There's a purpose that must be fulfilled. And that's really where the concept and the, 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 the vision behind the book actually came from thank you so much for sharing that Ruth I feel so motivated (laughs) I must say (laughs) all right um so I want to ask you though um what advice would you share with a young lady who is from a humble background Mm -hmm. and has now been faced with the reality that okay my circumstances are a lot more challenging than I perceived and this may be affecting her self-confidence. What would you say to her? Because the reality is, even though, you know, we are from a certain situation and we're, we've thrived, several more people behind us have to overcome the same hurdles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they need tools to, to do just that. So I'd love to hear what you'd have to say to that person. I would say to that young lady to never ever look at her circumstances the way it is now. Mm -hmm. Never. 
and and I and I spoke about this in the book the, in chapter five, I think it is the victim versus the victor. Mm. When you're in the victim mindset, you tend to look and define yourself by your current situation yeah. rather than have a futuristic view of where it is that you're gonna go. Even though my present circumstance when I was growing up, I was living in the inner city, I never had an inner city mindset. Yes. I never had it. And I wasn't allowed either to have it. Right. And I, and I, and I, and, 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 and one of the things, not that I looked down on the mentality, but I knew there was always better. I knew there was higher for me to achieve and to attain. And I got a vision for my life. What I would tell that young lady to do is to get a vision for her life. Don't look at the limitation and the inadequacies. What, you know, don't be defined by that right now. Rather, get that vision for your life. What do you want to do in this life? What is your, 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 what do you think you can contribute? I would want for her to get a vision because it's to the Bible says without vision, the people perish, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have a vision of what will be or what can be, we will always be stuck in victimhood, you know? So I would tell her, get a vision for her life and don't allow her vision either to be thwarted or to be adjusted based on her current circumstance. Mm. Because I believe that many of us tend to have a limited view of who we are because our paradigm tends to be shaped by who is around us or what we see. Yes. It's never ever to limit yourself by what you're seeing, but rather look ahead and see and see where you need to be. Because when you look at even the story for uh, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey had a, a speech impediment. He was poor when he told his teacher, I want to become a TV host and, and, and I want to be a comedian. Listen, his teacher tell him, why? You need to rub out that vision there because it will <laughs> never happen. Like yeah, yeah. that is a nightmare, not a vision. And he went home and he, he was so discouraged. He asked his father, dad, my teacher told me that I'd never go on TV because he, there's nobody in his family that was ever on TV. He had a speech impediment. He had so many things going against him. But still, fast forward to 2020, Steve Harvey is one of the highest grossed paid mm-hmm. TV presenters in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So if he had limited his view for his life because of the limitations that he had in his past, he would not be the person that he is today. So I would tell that young lady, girl, get up, girl, get a vision for your life. Girl, work at your vision. Work it, work it, work it. Because and that's where faith comes into the picture. Yes, is 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 working and moving beyond what you're seeing, but believing that what you want is actually possible. Yes. So I would tell that girl, girl, get mm-hmm. in the picture. Surround yourself with people who will support that vision. People they might not be able to monetarily support it, but they can give you words of encouragement. They can route you to somebody else that can assist you. Yes. I would tell that young lady. Get a vision for your life and believe that it is possible. Yes, definitely. That's what I would tell her. I wholeheartedly uh, co-sign what you said, especially the part about um, Mm -hmm. exposing yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. Funny story, like today I, I wanted to set up a bank account at a new bank that I've never Mm -hmm. used before. Uh, 
but I got some good recommendations from colleagues who are saying, you know, that's the bank. Everybody's, everybody mm. thinks their bank is the bank. But anyhow, in order to set up a business account, you will need to have a cash flow projection, as mm-hmm. you know, for what you anticipate the inflow and outflow will be for your, your business with right. relation to that bank. So what my plan was to just use a similar document that I had used for setting up an account at another bank. And when I looked at my cash flow projections, the one that I had shared with the other bank, I was like, what is this? <laughs> because hmm. I, I realized that I was aiming so low. Oh, I was aiming so low. I was like, mm-hmm. but... I mean, this cannot be real. <laughs> when yeah. I was looking at it, I was like, this cannot be real because my plan was to just change the date <laughs> because mm-hmm. in my mind, I could just use the same thing and I could not use the same document because wow. mm-hmm. I was aiming so low. And I realized that reflecting on the persons I, I was around, what I was exposing myself to at that time, there were mm-hmm. some limitations in that regard. And mm-hmm. fast forward to 2020, you know, mm-hmm. being around people who are experiencing a great amount of success business-wise, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, my vision has expanded. And wow. so sometimes mm-hmm. your vision in your situation of like, it may be small, but you're only yeah. able to expand it once you are outside of that environment. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. So we need people around us who can inspire us to, to dream bigger, to believe yeah. in ourselves and... Um, Sometimes you have to have an exit strategy for mm-hmm. how you're going to get out of a situation that may be not bringing the best out of you, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. And I speak about that too, Ina Sophie, in the mm-hmm. book. I, I spoke about the, the cage versus your circle. Mm-hmm. And I said that a lot of us, we are in cages, meaning yeah. we are surrounded by people who do not have, a, who lack the understanding of our, the vision for our lives. Yeah. Right now, there are people I'm sure around you, Sophie, who would be thinking, this girl is crazy. Where does she really think she could reach with this kind of, you know, this kind of idea? Mm-hmm. What they don't know is that that vision was placed on the inside of you by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if God placed that vision in your spirit, he's going to send the provision and he's going to make it happen. Yes. You know, so when you, when you talk about, you know, the mindset, I'm sorry, but there are some people I just had to sever the relationship. Mm. Not that they weren't great people. They were. But at the same time, if you continue to keep persons around you who lack an understanding of your purpose, they will unfortunately discourage you. Maybe not in an intentional way, but maybe by their comments, maybe by, you know, their their own limitation. And I tell people, you have to learn to have a circle rather than a cage. A circle deals with enablement, whereas a, a, a cage keeps you trapped and limited. Yes. Definitely. So we have to be very mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I, I'm loving this. So mm-hmm. as an author, you must have a favorite book. Well, well I hope. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite book and why? Oh my God, that is rough. <laughs> <laughs> so many, right? <laughs> um, uh, what, what book would I say? All right. Okay. Can I choose two? Yeah, okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> but you have to tell me why. <laughs> All right. So one of two things, one of the first books I I got was um, The Purpose Driven Life by Mm -hmm. Pastor Rick Warren. I think that book for me kind of made, churned something in me. 
And the reason why I like it is that it actually gave you an understanding as to why we're all here on earth. Mm. That we're merely not here to just exist. We're here to do something extra special in the lives of people, but more so on behalf of the kingdom of God. That's one. Mm. Two, he also speaks to the fact that it is our purpose now that will enable other persons to reach their purpose as well. Yes. So it really speaks to the fact that we're all pollinators of other people's purposes, mm, right? I love that. And, and, and that is why uh, I use the butterfly as, as the, 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 the logo. The cover the, art. Cover yes. art, rather, for the book. Because, again, when you become a butterfly, you're no longer the caterpillar who's just feeding on the given leaf that you were born on. You're now flying and you're now drinking nectar. And when you, when you feed on the nectar from flowers in that process, you are now helping to pollinate other flowers mm-hmm. in the process. You know, so we need to understand that we're so interconnected. So that's why I really love The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, mm-hmm. The next book I must say that I absolutely love is Wholeness by Pastor Tori Roberts. Oh, you read that. Okay. I did last, I think it was the year before last December I read it. And that book legit, it revolutionized my thinking because I think whilst it is that, yes, I was doing well and so on, I, was, I still had negative thoughts that I was battling with. Mm. And when I read wholeness, it really brought me to a space where I had to know take control of the narrative that was happening inside my head. Yeah. Because it's not to say that we we will we will I don't I don't believe we'll ever get rid of the negative narrative. Mm-hmm. But what I think we can do is to control it and to decide, listen, whether or not you will entertain it or or you know, or not. Yeah, and I think that is really where it brought it to because I mean we're all Les Brown says it we're we're prone to negativity that's how our brain is wired and that's why we have to feed ourselves with motivational things with positive things so in a bit to really you know transform the mind and the Bible speaks about renewing your mind yeah. you know so the wholeness for me by Pastor Tori Roberts excellent read anybody who wants to make four moves. That is a, an awesome book, but more so the activation of your purpose. I believe uh, Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren is an mm-hmm. excellent read as well. Uh, interestingly, I have a YouTube play, playlist and I call it mm-hmm. Key Sermons. And yeah. one of the key sermons is a message that Pastor Tore did. I think mm-hmm. he did that in maybe 2015, long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and it was about soulmates. Oh, <laughs> Sarah. Yes, and, yes, and he spoke about the story behind how they met and how oh. he believes that we all have a soulmate mm-hmm. and that she's mm-hmm. his soulmate and the things that we need to look out for, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the journey towards finding a, a romantic partner and someone mm-hmm. to be in the legacy with. So that's yeah. a part of my key sermons because he, he, I just, yeah, I love both of them. So <laughs> Listen, those are two people, I tell you, they can do no wrong in that. Uh, they are the, they are the direct, uh, I would say, definition of what a power couple looks like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they're not vain in the sense that they're not just limited to the glam and the glitter they are actually on a mission to ensure that when both of them come together they come together with a mindset to activate other people into purpose yes. and that for me is the ultimate power couple goal 
Yeah. So anybody who is coming in my life will come with the same energy and vibration, you know? Yes. Paul moves is not about being selfish, but it's yeah. about how is it that I can help you? How is it that you can help me to achieve my ultimate purpose mm-hmm. in life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So along your journey, Ruth, I'm sure you've received advice. What has been your best advice and what has been the worst advice that you've been given on your journey? Ah, yikes. Hmm. The best advice I, I can think of right now that I, I would have been given. And it's again by Pastor Tori Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I rather an ugly truth rather than a pretty lie. Mm. It might not have been a direct advice. (laughs) But when I listened to that sermon and just the way how it was coined, it's so powerful in that it really speaks to the fact that we are to become comfortable Mm -hmm. with the truth, even when it hurts. Right? And And to reject the notion of wanting everything to be pretty. You know, because I think when we, if we are ever supposed to grow and to evolve and to learn, we have to come to a point where we realize and we see things for what it really is. The truth oftentimes is never pretty. The truth sometimes will bring you to tears. The truth sometimes will cause you to wonder if, oh my God, am I really like this? Am I really selfish? Oh my God, am I really self-centered? Oh my God. Do I really just love to procrastinate? Am I, you know, like mm-hmm. I rather an ugly truth about myself than a pretty lie. If I, if, if you're my friend or you're somebody that I consider to be uh, in high regard in my life, the truth might hurt, will hurt me. But at the end of the day, I will respect you for life because yes. you would have taken the risk of losing the friendship with me to tell me the truth. And as I tell people, don't hate your haters. Mm. As a matter of fact, I believe we should all take our haters to the restaurant and mm. treat them with me too. Because it's those persons that we believe that quote-unquote hate us. They're the ones who are more willing to tell us the truth than yeah. even our very friends. And I believe that if we have friends in our lives and they can't tell us the truth, those aren't friends. Mm. Those aren't friends. So that was one thing. I think the worst advice anybody could ever give me uh, is that I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was younger, um, I, I, I was preparing to do GSAT and I'll never forget a lady looked at me and she said to me, oh, you cannot but try. You will never pass your exam. Someone said that to you? <laughs> yes. I use that every day as a testimony when I speak with young people and it hurt me so much. Like it hurt. Maybe not now, but I remember going back into that little girl form. I remember Mm. feeling crushed by that comment because I, 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 I already had the negative narrative in my head dealing with and for someone to, who is older, who you should think would, should be the source of encouragement to really tell you that, oh, you know, let us to try because you won't pass. And to be honest, Sophie, I, I thank her. To this day, I want to take her to lunch. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I want for her, I want to just send her on a cruise because it was 
her words that pushed me to study hard. Mm-hmm. It was her words that actually pushed me into realizing that, listen, I could actually do it. And I passed for a traditional high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was one of 11 students that actually passed for a traditional high school out of 30 odd students. Wow. And I'm very happy for that. So that for me, I think is the worst advice that I can't do. And that just means <laughs> that anything that you, you set your mind to, yeah. no matter what, it can be done. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That reminds me of a situation when I was in high school. Um, I was, you know, always trying to be outgoing because I was very shy, but I always, I knew from a longer time that I needed to get out of the shyness. Mm -hmm. And I had applied to be on the debate team, the host debate team. And the teacher said to me that I'm not a good speaker. And Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't be allowed to be on the host team. And Mm -hmm. of course, a comment like that, you know, it made me sink very deeply Mm But I think that comment from the teacher propelled me. It motivated me to keep going mm-hmm. because I eventually went on the school's debating team. And now I basically chat for a living. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, all I do is chat. All I do is chat to people. Oh, my God. Girl, you know what we, I have mean? A, we have the similar story. Because I spoke about this. I think it was one of the chapters. I think it's the latter chapter. The activation to purpose. I spoke about it that somebody told me that I chat too much. Mm-hmm. Somebody tell me like when I was younger. Was <laughs> and guess what? I probably did. Like <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, I've never been the one to be to have idle talk. Never. Right, I exactly. love deep conversations that exactly. when I leave it, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And I was told I chat too much. As a matter of fact, I was told I was too loud and I need to alter my volume. Mm-hmm. And I, I made mention to the fact that if I had allowed that person to kill my gift, yeah, I would not be speaking today. And mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. What if you had internalized that to the point where you're like, okay, maybe this is not how young ladies, because I know exactly. St. Hughes is all about the swan and being ladylike. Mm-hmm. What if you internalize that to say, mm-hmm. wow, if as a lady I'm not supposed to be so outspoken, then and as a matter of fact, <sighs> last year, November. Last year in November, I was awarded by my alma mater, St. Hughes. Uh, I was one of five persons who were honored at the 120th anniversary at St. Hughes for excellence in youth advocacy and empowerment, right? And I was recently invited back to speak to the whole school at their Mm -hmm, devotion. mm -hmm. And there are other things that I would love to say. But we'll have to say it another time that it's in the pipeline. Yeah. But it just goes to say that your uniqueness is what will propel you into your destiny. Yes. Do not allow people to kill your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I got shivers from that quote. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ruth, it has been, we've had a phenomenal time and I'm so glad that you were able to come and inspire and empower us. Mm -hmm. Uh, My last question to you is what keeps you driven? What keeps me driven? Ah, all right. My relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have to think too hard on it. My relationship with God is very important. I think the, the, the center of who I am, the core of who I am, is because I know the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, 
one of the things I, I believe in and I speak about it as well in the book is the R of power. Mm. Uh, I ensure that beginning my day, I have to have my prayer session. I have to get a word from God, from the Bible. I have to mm-hmm. read, meditate on the word of God. I have my prayer in the morning. But most importantly, even while I'm showering, I have a Bluetooth uh, headphone that while I'm in the bathroom bathing, brushing my teeth, doing whatever, I am being fed, um, mm. whether it be a motivational message or a sermon as I get ready for work. So yes. I am never, at the beginning of my day, I don't believe in being disengaged. I, I believe in being engaged in thing that keeps me driven. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that we are all sponges and whatever we absorb in our, in our minds, in our spirit, that is what we will ultimately become. So I tell people, even on your new journey, know that you are a driven woman, Sophie. You know, you are doing so well and I'm so proud of you. Oh, but well, I always you. tell people that even though you're going and you're climbing and you're becoming higher, never become complacent to the point that you stop doing the things that, yes. you, that made yes. you or brought you to where you are today yes you know yes. The, the little things that the, the constant motivational messages the constant purr the constant making time mm-hmm. i love john mac reynolds he has a song by the name of make room it's talking about pushing everything else aside making room for god making god the center of your life I don't believe in balance. I believe in prioritization because if you have, if you I, I, balance, I believe is impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. But I believe when you prioritize, everything else falls around your priorities. Yeah, and that's my keep grounded. Keep in a place where you you have God at your center. And even if you don't establish a relationship with God just yet, it's never too late to start. You know, you can start by downloading the Bible or devotional books. And every now and again, you'll get a scripture or a focus for the day. That's a start. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a start. Wow, Ruth. I I feel so energized. (laughs) And ready to go, ready to go and attack my to-do list. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I look forward to sharing this conversation we've had and sharing the link to where persons can access your book. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for having me, a purpose-driven woman. Listen, you are going to be soaring like, you think you're sore yet? You haven't seen the peak of where God is about to take you. Continue to remain humble and be that model, that role model that other young ladies can look up to and appreciate. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. If you loved this episode, and I know you did, please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. This allows more people to get access to the show and the quality conversations that we have over here, right? Can you do that? I'm counting on you. And until next time, stay driven, 